Welcome to the State of the Race. It is January 23rd, 2024. We have 287 days until the general election, 32 days until the South Carolina primary, and zero days until New Hampshire. We're going to go into a lot of detail on New Hampshire as we go through the podcast. But today coming up, DeSantis has dropped out and made an endorsement. We have the latest in polling from New Hampshire, and Joe Biden might actually lose in the New Hampshire primary today. We'll tell you why. Let's go to our key metrics. And today we want to look at the state of the race in New Hampshire and look at the polling averages and the latest in polling. What we're seeing is pretty consistent. The picture has been pretty clear and polling operated pretty darn well in Iowa. So is there a reason to believe it's just as accurate in New Hampshire? Well, the picture is pretty consistent among most pollsters. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six polls that have come out over the past two days. I'll give you the quick summary. Trump plus 14, Trump plus 11, Trump plus 16, Trump plus 18, Trump plus 27, Trump plus 19. Overall, we have Donald Trump leading by 17 and a half points. It is Donald Trump at 54.3. Nikki Haley at 36.8. DeSantis still showing up at 7.5%, despite the fact that he is now out of the race. If you want to find a bright spot for Nikki Haley, you need to go to the American Research Group, which has consistently shown an optimistic picture for her in the state. She only trails 46 to 44 in their most recent poll. 538 includes that in the average where real clear politics does not. 538 has Donald Trump at 50.8% and Nikki Haley at 36.6%. But you get the picture here. Mid-teens looking like the gap between these two candidates. And if that holds, it's probably not enough to give Nikki Haley a bump in South Carolina and really sort of ends, in my view, the reality of a tier one primary. Remember, we've been talking about tier one and tier two primaries, tier one being the normal kind of interaction between candidates. Everyone goes in and tries to win and a winner emerges. Tier two being what happens if something in the legal realm turns against Donald Trump. We don't know what that is exactly. Obviously, it's going to be a very messy next few months. But if something happens that either hurts Donald Trump enough in the primary or maybe disqualifies him from ballots or the party steps in and throws him off, all this stuff is possible if he's in prison or something crazy like that. So we have to allow for that possibility. And that's sort of the tier two primary. We will go into that a little bit more on tomorrow's program when we see the results. Our candidate updates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden look like they're going to be the rematch, as we just discussed. Decision Desk HQ News Nation has a poll out, and that was showing that people are not too enthused about that particular matchup. Around 59% of registered voters are not too enthusiastic or not at all enthusiastic about a rematch between Trump and Biden. Only 41% said they are very enthusiastic, but when asked who they thought would win, Donald Trump has a big edge, 43 to 33 over Biden. Nikki Haley is spending her last day here trying to win New Hampshire, campaigning with Judge Judy. Judge Judy, who somewhat famously slash infamously endorsed Michael Bloomberg in the last race, is now endorsing Nikki Haley. Will that be enough for her in New Hampshire? We will we will see. Joe Biden 
He's going to run sort of in New Hampshire. It's really a bizarre story. If you remember after last primary process where Iowa was a catastrophe for the Democrats, they couldn't figure out how to count the votes. Joe Biden was way down in the polls. In fact, he didn't really show up until South Carolina. So once he won and got the power, he decided to basically push the party to eliminate the races he lost. This is democracy in 2024. So now the Iowa Democratic caucus was basically erased and the New Hampshire one basically was kind of a race too. However, there is a state law that says there has to be a primary and it has to be first. So they basically need to run a Democratic primary. However, Joe Biden is essentially protesting it and is not appearing on the ballot. He is now trying to win sort of retroactively through a write-in campaign. He is still going against Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson. There's a chance he could lose this race. Anytime you have a write-in candidacy, it's really, really hard to win. Lisa Murkowski did it once, but it's, it is really hard to pull off. We will see if Biden can do it. He is the sitting president, so you would not be surprised if he's able to do that in a primary. Now let's go over to today's focus. And today's focus is the end of the Ron DeSantis campaign. We spent quite a bit of time up the, on this last night on Stu Does America, sort of did a campaign autopsy. And I think where I differ from a lot of people looking at this is a lot of people are spending tons of time talking about all of the foibles of the DeSantis campaign. And look, it was far from perfect. There were lots of problems. The launch was famously sort of blundered on Twitter spaces, while the buffering from you know, 1998 seemed to be appearing. It was sort of a mess. You had a situation where the super PAC raised tons and tons of money, then burned through it quickly, then had infighting. All of that is real, and none of that is anything that you want when you are, of course, trying to become president of the United States. You want these things to be smooth. You want these things to be helpful. You want these things to advance your political campaign, not destroy it. But at the end of the day, my view is that people are spending a lot of time hashing through and, and parsing about 20% of the problem and ignoring about 80% of the problem here. And, you know, people say, well, Ron DeSantis wasn't a great campaigner. He's not personable. Some of that is true. I mean, I, I found him to be fine personally, but some people can see, you know, hey, maybe he's not the most personable guy in the world and there's some holes in that approach. But the 80% of the problem has nothing to do with his character or his personality or his super PAC or his campaign launch on Twitter. The 80% of the problem is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is just remarkably popular among the Republican base. And it made it almost impossible for a challenger to come in and defeat him. People are loyal to Donald Trump, number one. They believe, generally speaking, in the Republican side that the 2020 election was taken from him unfairly. And they believe justice still needs to be served for that. And they kind of refuse to overlook it. Now, there are a lot of really good arguments where you can say, well, Donald Trump didn't do this. He didn't build the wall. He didn't handle COVID right. Fauci was elevated. All these things that DeSantis brought up. And those critiques should have more value than maybe they did. But it's almost an impossibility. It's like arguing Beyonce has the best album of all time 
when you're realizing that your audience for this argument is 70% Swifty. Well, they're going to pick Taylor Swift no matter what. And your arguments, although they might be perfect on the technical merits of the production of Beyonce's album, are never going to be effective in this environment. One thing that we talked about and probably was a fundamental oversight if you want to see one thing from the DeSantis campaign that could have been changed, and this really couldn't have been done by DeSantis alone, but if anyone wanted to defeat Donald Trump, one of the things you had to do was disarm this idea that he lost by fraud. Now, you might be saying, well, I think he did lose by fraud, and that's fine. I'm not asking you to take a position on it. I'm asking you specifically to ignore your position on whether the 2020 election was stolen. Think about this from a, a mercenary politician. You don't care about the truth. You just want to win. And if you just want to win, you have to disarm this argument in advance. You can't sit here and allow two years of people saying either, yeah, it was stolen from Donald Trump or the sort of soft agreement, which DeSantis tried and some others have tried basically saying, well, you know, it wasn't really clear. There were definitely some shenanigans. We don't know if we won or lost, but you know, I'll do better next time and it won't be that close. That's an argument that sounds kind of good on paper. You're, you're splitting the difference. But the problem is about two thirds of voters in the Republican primary believe this election was stolen. And when they believe it's stolen, they go overwhelmingly to Donald Trump to a point that it is impossible to defeat him. Let me give you an example of this. This is the polling out of New Hampshire, Washington Post, and Monmouth. They have a breakdown of voters who believe that Biden won the 2020 election by fraud. If you believe that in New Hampshire, Trump gets 82% of the vote. DeSantis gets 8%. 82 to 8. Then you get 6% for Nikki Haley. Um, now, on the other side of this, if you believe that Biden won fair and square, Haley got 71% of the vote. Trump actually finished second, got 14%, and DeSantis only six. But see, Haley is winning overwhelmingly with a much smaller group, which shows her long-term futility at trying to win this race. Now, look, maybe she'll be able to pull it out tonight. We don't have those results yet. But for Ron DeSantis, who's running a different type of campaign, trying to connect with Trump voters, it was almost impossible for him to be able to be victorious with the approach that was taken by not just him, but the vast majority of the Republican Party. That argument needed to be disarmed if Donald Trump was going to be defeated. It was not disarmed, and it looks more and more like Donald Trump will not be defeated. Tomorrow, we'll be here again, State of the Race, giving you the results of the New Hampshire primary and all the details, all the cross tabs, the ex exit polls, all the good stuff. We'll have it for you tomorrow on State of the Race. Don't miss Stu Does America for more tonight. We'll see you then.